we need to create cross-functional P-shaped teams. Practically, it means that you would have data engineers as a like new team member. Probably, Baruch, maybe we should start with some introduction to the DevOps, like how how it started and why we are just even comparing DevOps with DevOps nowadays. <laughs> no, we compare DevOps to DevOps because we compare everything to DevOps today, right? We compare DevOps, <laughs> PeopleOps, and, and, and what's not, we compare everything to DevOps. And we compare everything right. to DevOps for, for a very good reason. DevOps is um, one of the biggest transformations in the IT industry ever. Um, and we can now say that it was, um, although it wasn't fast, it was very, very successful and took um, the industry by the storm. Today, every company wants to think they are DevOps company uh, and that uh, um, they, they do DevOps right. And this is not just because of the hype, it's because DevOps has a meaningful impact on performance of any any company, any software company, which means any company in general. And uh, as you know, because there is no person in IT world today that doesn't know what DevOps supposed <laughs> to be. Um, so yeah, yeah. as you know, DevOps um, is a set of uh, collaborative practices and, uh, um, and the culture. Um, it is a culture of collaborating between dev part, the developers, and ops part, the um, infrastructure, the production, the build uh, parts of the engineering organization in, in an effort to overcome the siloed uh, classical organization in which the software is thrown over the fence from dev to ops. This is yeah. kind of the essence, and this is where where it starts. And from there, it involves um, it evolves to uh, include uh, all the parts of um, IT production today um, of the manufacturing of software, um, and it definitely includes also um, a QA testing, security, product management and all the other aspects. So basically we're talking about, hey, we need to make sure that integration between different parts is ongoing instead of deferred to where it's very hard and uh, makes the software worse and makes the process worse, makes the price, the costs higher and the times longer. Uh, it's the same transformation that we experienced with Agile and Scrum when we uh, migrated from Waterfall in which we deferred the um, integration to, uh, to um, iterative process in which we integrate as fast as possible. But now we're not talking about developers that need to integrate faster. We're talking about uh, parts of the company or the organization and different teams that need to integrate more frequently along the, um, the process of the software delivery. So this is DevOps in a nutshell, if you wish. Right, and that's, I, I guess the DevOps kind of practice started like more than seven years ago, right? Uh, correct me if I'm even, even more much longer, longer than... The, the term much itself, okay. Yeah, the term itself is more than a decade old, uh, okay. but the ideas were afloat uh, 11, 12 years ago, and ever before that. Oh, okay. Yeah. As far as I remember in the company I was working a while ago, yeah, I've heard about it, and it was like maybe six years ago, and it just was like kind of everyone just started doing this DevOps stuff, and mostly it was done by QA engineers as well as some administrators, you yeah. know. <laughs> but yeah, nowadays we know we know how to do it right. <laughs> yeah, and since we know how to do it right, everything wants to be DevOps or DevOps something, DevSecOps, GitOps, yeah. and, and 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 what's not. Uh, and and I think this is why we we are here, right? 
Um, from yeah. what I understand in the data science and the data engineering world, uh, there are similar uh, challenges that exactly. you yeah. folks try to solve in a similar manner. So tell me little, a little bit about your world and how you try to adapt those DevOps practices to what you are doing. Yeah, Dennis, maybe you can share some bits like uh, what kind of problems people usually have with the data. I mean, trying to build uh, the right data pipelines, trying to build the right data access and stuff around, uh, you know, kind of DevOps for data. Yeah. <laughs> how, uh, yeah. how actually it's appeared this. <laughs> yeah, as Baruch said, like DevOps was about silos elimination. Uh, you have uh, similar problems in many domains including data, of course. And if you're talking about silos and data world, it's typically silos between uh, data analysts and data engineers. So you have kind of more business-oriented people with dashboards, uh, not extremely technical, and you've got like extremely technical people building uh, crazy complex pipelines, and you've got the silo. Like imagine you need to build a new da dashboard. It means you need to go to data engineer, uh, they say, you know, yeah, sounds good. Uh, we're gonna, you know, schedule for next quarter when we're gonna finalize new data warehouse, and and you will you will be able to get data from there. And it takes a lot of time, really, to to finish your your project, and it takes a lot of time. So of course, uh, yeah, this situation can be improved and should be improved, and it's not a surprise that people are talking about data ops uh, nowadays. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we're talking about collaboration between what data engineers and data scientists. Yeah, let's uh, let's say like data users and data engineers, like data people, users. Yeah. yeah, so people who look after data platform and people who consume in a way. Ah, so, okay. So okay, and 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 the consumers are uh, uh, who who are they? Product they people, be. business people. Uh, yeah, might might be uh, data analyst, business analyst, uh, data scientist, ML engineers. Uh, so yeah, you know, all, all possible data consumers. Okay, so got it. So from from one side, you need to make the data accessible for them in the format that they kind of know how to consume, and on the other side, you want input from them what they actually know. What exactly. they actually need uh, in yeah, order exactly. to give them the data that they really and, need. Yeah, and you have this uh, separation of knowledge. On one uh, uh, one side, you have business knowledge, like data consumers, they understand semantic of the data, uh, and data engineers do not understand semantics of the data, but they uh, do understand tools. And this creates like huge contradiction, like data engineers are kind of, happy to help and build pipelines that but they don't know meaning of the data where it's like <laughs> users they know meaning but it's too complex for them just you know to to start coding some sql transformations and and create all this staged and model uh, views of the data yeah that makes so, sense. yep yeah. Yeah, uh, at the same at the same time we we can we can do analogy uh, as we had different circles which uh, intersected to build kind of DevOps. I'm, I'm kind of sharing the screen. I'm not sure if you Bark uh, can see that one. Maybe we can share that uh, graph as well. So uh, DevOps was was kind of intersection of software development, quality assurance, and some technology operations. Yeah. Um, and nowadays, the data ops is more like uh, intersection of data engineering, data quality, as well as data security and some data integration, or even more. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's what, kind of a big combination. <laughs> there is like very common question, like people um, are asking, is that is data ops just DevOps for data? why yeah. we can you know apply everything you know like why do we even need and kind of a new term or new approach and i think the reason is very simple is because your data pipeline is much longer uh, than than development pipeline uh in development world you can make your pipeline really short in some cases it can be as short as just you deploy your master to production or something like that uh, and in data world, it's never the case. So data 
system can be viewed as set of complex pipelines. Sometimes people use this metaphor of data fabric even. So mm -hmm. this is how people see that like data fabric. It's a lot of data sources and data sinks and data pipelines, like shifting data around. And you have a lot of roles, a uh, lot of different owners of the data. And if an organization is big enough, you have uh, people, such people as a compliance who, always, who also trying to like induce, you know, some policies and you also have approval system. So it's like the whole story is much longer. Uh, and you, this is why I think in data ops community, people like to, to talk about lean manufacturing, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, lean was born um, at, you know, manufacturing. Uh, At Ford, factors, Ford, yeah. I guess Ford was introducing the lean. Yeah, it's uh, it's Toyota. And yeah, oh, Ford yeah. is yeah. the yeah Ford. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The data ops community is more focused on things like lean uh, and statistical process control. So they really see their work as a pipeline, as real factory. Whereas like DevOps people, you know, they they more lean towards things like extreme programming, like you know, like uh, uh, test automation and this kind of techniques, um, yeah, and data ops is closer to lean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting how uh, you know it's um, uh, people people see what <laughs> what mental pictures we have about the industry that we are less familiar with, right? So, and obviously, lean manufacturing. Just to kind of defend here the classical software engineering, the lean manufacturing is obviously a very, very, a very close um, metaphor to software engineering as well. Mm -hmm. And the pipelines are obviously much more involved. Evolved that you uh, that that people who are a little bit far away can um, can see. And uh, obviously, there are much more. Uh, scenarios and much more um, uh, uh, roles involved in the DevOps pipeline per se as well. Um, and it includes um, a lot of different aspects. But uh, so I wouldn't say that it's necessarily simpler, but I think the, dis uh, the, the differences are significant enough to um, justify the difference. I think that that um, the details are in what you integrate and not necessarily in how complex the integration is, right? It's it's not a matter that we have less circles on the DevOps diagram because I can definitely draw much more circles, many more circles in uh, in service diagram. It's really about that the circles are 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 different. And and they are, uh, so I think this is the this is the most important this is the most important difference. Um, so yeah, I mean I I get it why uh, it kind of you know for you makes sense to have um, a longer list, uh, but um, yeah I can I can come up with a pretty long list for the ops as well. The, 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 yeah. What's what's really what really matters is that. There is not a lot of overlapping in terms of the skills and the teams that participate. This is the biggest difference for me, not necessarily the complexity. Yeah, uh, roles, of course, are different and uh, nature of these roles, I would say, also different. Uh, one uh, Another topic that you can hear about at the DataOps community is agile. It's like in software world, it's kind of, People like got bored with agile. My feeling like it's like already too much of that everywhere. It's kind <laughs> of uh, finished stage. Uh, the recent data world is something new, and it's quite interesting. Um, so the reason is that uh, data uh, data projects they tend to be way more structured. They tend to be organized as waterfall projects. Mm -hmm. uh, just because because of nature of work. Um, so you as data analysts, you making kind of scientific uh, insights for, for the business and, and you really do need to follow some scientific process. Uh, and it's really hard to kind of skip stages and just try things quickly and see what happens. That doesn't typically work very well with uh, uh, things like data science, like 
making experiments. So you, you need to be like more systematic in a way. And this makes process more staged and kind of idea of data sprint is very new and people are still figuring out how, how to apply kind of stream sprints to data world. And yeah, yeah I, I agree with you, Baruch. Yeah, uh, one of the biggest difference that roles are different and they have different kind of challenges uh, than people than, than, than roles in, in within DevOps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Dennis, don't you think that uh, it's kind of not possible to break this waterfall uh, paradigm and uh, data world because of the tooling which kind of exists right now? Uh, I guess. <laughs> Maybe 10 years ago, we didn't have any very good approach to uh, continuously develop everything like just in a single click or uh, set up some GitHub actions, which will allow you to, you know, to do all the stuff in a, a very, very good manner. And even, you know, every yeah. single developer can do that. And maybe it's the same thing like with, with data right now, because we know how complex it is to set up some, you know, database with some properties some some uh, data there some uh, state uh, and things like that so yeah. it's not that much kind of easy as with software development i think yeah totally so uh, i guess this is the main goal uh, you kind of cannot avoid this like stage waterfall mo model but you can run your process like as a sequence sm small fast waterfalls in a way like if you make each stage faster you maybe your sprints are gonna be longer than in development world, but still you 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 start doing agile in some in some sense. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. instead of like monthly projects, you finally yeah get like weeks. Uh, well, projects. in the end of the day, it is an iterative process everywhere. Yeah. So it doesn't. Mm -hmm. You can call it you know waterfall or or small waterfall or agile iteration we were talking about iterations right and even the concept of pipeline actually means that things are done in sequence so it's not that we try to get away from sequence and order it's yeah. just a matter of doing things together and consult each other more frequently than than before to the level of, and this is something that I did manage when we spoke about DevOps, but it's very important, um, to the level of creating empowered teams that comprise of people from different areas of expertise, right? So the most efficient way to actually implement DevOps when it comes to team structures or team topologies are um, uh, empowered team of cross functionalities specialists that come together work together in some sequence right and they have their own mm. process but it's the communication is yeah. reduced to the level of a single team instead of trying and producing an effective cross team or cross organization communication which is obviously much harder is it something that you see happening in the data engineering world as well? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the the um, expression self-service is like very common. Um, so the idea that the more you can do within team, um, the better, right? Mm -hmm. So all these delays, uh, they happen because, because you need to go and talk to other teams. And the more you can do within team, the, the, the faster you are, right? So that's a pretty big team. If I look at the list of the people that are yeah. involved in the data ops processes, that, that's yeah. that's one of the biggest challenges. And what people <laughs> are trying to build it's a data platform. So the challenge is the same as in DevOps. You 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 need to pack all of that in some sort of APIs that you can call. And there is a big list of those APIs, as you can see. <laughs> So, Seba, from, from the team management perspective or team leading perspective, how, how do you do that? How do you build a team that is empowered to do data ops and make this team effective? Because, again, looking at the list, it's yeah. different people, different skill set, different backgrounds. 
how how it can even work yeah i i think Baruch, we we <laughs> actually every single company which is trying to build such team uh, they would come up with some t-shaped people uh, you know about them <laughs> a lot since you've got uh, several talks around that and I think we we currently have such people in in the company, and I believe even such people can can create some data platforms. Otherwise, I don't think that you can you know establish very well communication between like ten, twenty different departments. That's not really possible. You need someone who has uh, at least some skills uh, in in different uh, um, in different kind of areas like you know person doesn't have to be very very proficient data scientist to uh, to be able to recognize what what is uh, what should be available for them to to make them work <laughs> you need just to you know to get some courses or some you know to to touch you, you need to just at least touch that a little bit uh, to make sure okay this this is what they need okay i know what to do with this at the same time i think uh, these these sort of like engineers right now they can establish a, a cicd process with github actions nowadays it's not that uh, hard to uh, understand what should be done uh, in terms to deliver the, your software to some uh, cloud provider uh, and uh, i guess that's uh, that's the way how we can do that uh, maybe it's not the perfect one which uh, would managers uh, <laughs> approve <laughs> but i don't think we currently have any choice like we, we really need to uh, improve our skill set and that's why i'm trying you know to share this picture with you guys and that okay in the ops we do have a lot of skills which are required for people to uh, to build a good process and uh, that's really hard and uh, that's that's why it's in industry right now it's pretty uh, hard to find such people and uh, yeah th that's here we are kind of uh, it and um, I think we are coming to that approach, like with the DevOps, uh, when we will have more and more tooling around that in yep. order to to kind of break that. Yeah, in, in a, that yeah, would be my kinda. next question about tooling. But before we go to tooling, uh, you're hiring, right? Yep. Yeah. We, we spoke yeah. about we spoke about people <laughs> and and how you try to to find them. So. Um, let's do kind of um let's cover both so first of all it's good to know that you're hiring and people synthesize is a great place to work highly recommended um go there but uh, um tell me a little bit what are you looking in people in order to make sure they will be a good cultural fit for the data ops world you know um we we can do one by one with Dennis here yep. <laughs> since Dennis yeah, just yeah. started hiring at the synthesized. But uh, I will I'll I'll drop my uh, sense a few cents here. So I think we currently know that data ops is about data, meaning that it's about connections to different databases and working with the pipelines, and uh, that's why we currently looking for people who are interested in working with data and building high performance uh, software to get the data and write the data and even transform it during that process uh, meaning uh, we are looking for java engineers who is really proficient in in performance and uh, who who have been working with the uh, different uh, databases and it, that's that's really hard, you know, <laughs> to find <laughs> such. Maybe maybe there is, you yeah, know, you, know yeah. you, you can drop some some other <laughs> things. Give my perspective on that. Yeah, uh, going back to this like long list of specialties uh, needed uh, for for doing data projects, and it might look like that it's like nightmare, like uh, doing data ops platform really hard, like that, like too too much of everything. But yeah, I right. think we should start from like looking at bottlenecks. Well, like main bottlenecks are and i think there are like two main bottlenecks in current kind of data data process first is uh, data engineering and the second is compliance so 
the first one data engineering is big bottleneck because it's the stage which requires like most of the coding like kind of you know doing actual groundwork uh, building pipeline testing checking data data quality if you can um uh automate that or improve you 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 get huge improvement already the second is compliance and the kind of fundamental problem with compliance is that if your data is sensitive in some way you will need to do you you would need to deal with compliance in some some mm -hmm. way that and that makes sense that, that's kind of very kind of fundamental thing and the how, do you, how do you work around it that's like i would say that the problem is there is like a very first and basic level of dealing with that like masking credit card numbers or or, or whatever but um, in the end of the day first of all that's not enough second you might want to use this data and third the sensitive data can be not that obvious right yeah so again like if you if you solve problem with sensitive data you make if you make data non-sensitive you solve compliance problem right so now we need to think how do we solve this uh, anonymization problem so we don't need to deal with sensitive data and uh, there are different methods like some people think that removing of identifiers means anonymizing data and this is not true like yeah. I saw it like so many times like when people would run like masking script on database and think that they anonymize data but that's called like if we read scientific uh, literature it's called uh, de-identification right and, and and the reason is simple uh, just imagine some uh, salary column and uh, there is a person with very specific salary and you can remove all identifiers but if you know salary you you would be always be, like be be uh, be able to find that person right so just just from values you can e quite easily get who is who is who in the data so this is why you need to apply more advanced techniques such as uh, l diversity or k anonymity um, and typically uh, standard process is quite uh, long and manual and involves a lot of errors and this is why uh, there is a new technology something we are working on uh, this is so-called synthetic data uh, synthetic data is meant to be a kind of ultimate solution for anonymization problem so it's completely automatic it creates uh like data which is sampled from random noise uh, so it's completely new it means you don't have in, uh, original individuals in that data at all um, so it's kind of final solution of course uh, but, uh, how do you how do you guarantee that this data is 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 relevant i think nice. that's kind of the, the the question right in the end of the day you want to make sure that the data that you're working is is relevant to what you used to have absolutely that's uh like very good point that means you always should run quality checks uh, on, on your data, uh, on your synthetic data. So like whenever you uh, create model of data and sample uh, new data set, you need to compare it with the original data. Uh, we provide like set of built-in checks, but it can be extended like on case-by-case -case basis, like depending like what you're looking you know, like in your data, like what they're willing to preserve. So you can control that. And if you have this uh, anonymized synthetic view of data, uh, you you have one problem less in this um, data ops platform. So your mm -hmm. data can be accessed without compliance. So that, 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 that's a solved challenge. Then you have another challenge, which is uh, data engineering and uh, need for like manual coding of all these uh, data pipelines. And this is where this data ops platform um, actually becomes relevant uh, the thing we are building is uh, this interface or platform where you can in self-service uh, serve it manner go and create data pipelines uh, and what is very important those data pipelines should be able to anonymize data automatically because mm -hmm. there is challenge number two you, even if you automate you you will have uh, to deal with compliance and if you have both parts like some uh, self-served uh, automated uh, data pipelines plus a good solution for anonymization it's a good start um, it's it's already not that uh, but it's like much better in fact um, it it 
allows you to run most of the pro project faster. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. what you're <clears throat> saying is what I envision, and again, I don't understand the world of data engineering enough, but I would say there is an input of some true data that yeah. might be not suitable both in form and in content for working because it's not structured the way the other consumers expect it and mm -hmm. it's not anonymized uh, so it has like compliance issues that's kind of the input and then there is synthesized black box that massage the data or generate a new data based on the original one and the output is that you have both data which is randomly generated but has all the traits of the original data set and it is structured in a way that the data engineers and the analysts can actually successfully consume and do their their job yeah correct that's uh absolutely how how it is it's in the that sounds a little bit too good to be true but <laughs> you know you're smart people will probably know what we're doing what you're doing and uh yeah so i was uh we we spoke about uh people and we spoke about yeah. uh, we spoke about hiring um and uh, that kind of we go here between speaking about synthesized as a solution for some problems in data ops and also how you do things in synthesized as obviously someone who needs to implement yeah, data yeah. ops as well so going back to this topic how do you what do you do as an organization to embrace data ops within synthesized yeah so um as i mentioned like these two main challenges data engineering and uh, intelligent an anonymization mm -hmm. because they're hiring people with uh, data engineering background and uh, ml engineers who are um, interested in synthetic data so basically this is how we approach it since we tackling the two main challenges and we are hiring uh, relevant people basically yeah it's, it's, yeah that's uh -huh. easy right <laughs> yeah yeah easier easier said than, than done right this is what that was my kind of a comment uh yeah should we let's let's talk about um let's talk about tools um for for a little bit so we started obviously with with synthesize that looks like um, um it solves those two big problems of the structure of the data and the anonymization of the data but yeah. there are probably others um, that you need in order to build this this pipeline how how does it work what are your um uh, git and uh, jenkins and and jfrog artifactory uh, in uh, in in your world yeah, and maybe here we can start with some comparison to the regular, you know, pipeline, which everyone knows uh, in DevOps, we do have this pipeline kind of um, devel develop and build the app, then test the app to ensure the quality is satisfied, and then release to the users. And here for the data ops, we, we kind of have a more complex uh, pipeline. Um, and develop the data product. The data product is something which Dennis was talking about. Um, manage the data resources after that. And here we come with the testing, uh, ensuring that the quality is fine. At the same time, this testing uh, kind of comes to the releasing to the users the data. Um, and um, the most important thing is how we manage the usage of the data. It's it's really important in, in the data world. And then we also monitoring um, the usage and uh, monitoring how the results are used. It's, it's more complex. That's why we kind of have to use more tooling um, in order to make yeah, that happen. Yeah, no, I would, I would okay. argue that the, the, the DevOps pipeline is under 
it's oversimplified <laughs> here on this graph because obviously, well, for any kind of software, managing usage and monitoring the usage is is important. Yeah, that, right. Agree. So it's kind of it's it's an understatement on 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 the on the DevOps part, but it doesn't matter really because yeah. the interesting part is obviously the data ops, um, uh, the, the the data ops part. Okay. Yeah, and and uh, and uh, I guess for data ops, uh, we can start. Uh, I know everyone knows who is using any any of the tooling uh, around kind of getting transformations from one database to another one. Everyone knows DBT tool. I, I think in most of the chats or in most of the Slack channels where 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 I was looking for some people who are dealing with data, they are kind of using dbt and i uh, i guess at the same time complaining <laughs> people <laughs> used to complain you know uh but we don't know any other kind of best solutions to 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 make uh, these transformations and make the cdc uh work and um yeah we we can think of such uh kind of open source products which are kind of working with some particular number of uh, databases or particular number of uh, uh, streaming solutions um, because you know every single company which is doing data ops uh, like Airbnb, Amazon and others they they building some solutions for their cells that's why we know uh, there are existing solutions which which can which are adopted to them but they couldn't be adopted to everyone right and um, that's that's why here we are like some people are using dbt right now and uh, they they have to uh, anonymize the data and uh, here we come uh, with synthesized as well we do have tonic ai who are doing uh, kind of the same thing um Dennis, correct me if I'm wrong. These are uh, synthetia uh, as far as i know they are doing also synthesization um and yeah, yeah. also people don't quite uh, understand that what is the synthesized uh, thing uh, with the data, and that's why they are mm -hmm. using some randomization tools, which are actually <laughs> they can't provide the same quality of data for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, um, there is a product called RX, uh, which is quite widely used by large organizations like banks. It's open source, like classical anonymization tool. Like when when actually when people uh, talk about anonymization, they 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 typically mean RX even if they don't mention that. Uh, but that's mm -hmm. not a kind of not a transformation library or something like that. It's a old school Java application that you run on your computer. Uh, so so what you are saying that as of today, what people do is they try to transform the original data and anonymize the original data and kind of massage it to the form yeah. that it's convenient and yeah. safe and yeah. and and your message is throw it out of the window and instead <laughs> just b build new set of data which is better suited for usage and inherently safe because it has only the traits of the original data but it's not the original data. Yes, yeah. uh, uh, pretty much. Um, and speaking of like what is Jenkins like for for data ops and stuff like that. So roughly like entire pipeline looks like that. You have something like ingestion. Uh, there are a lot of tools such as uh, Fivetran or Stitch. Uh, you ingest this data in some big storage where like all data lives. Uh, modern tools uh, such as like snowflakes or maybe redshift um, so you do some extract load then you have to do some uh, transformation um, yeah dbt is uh, very popular uh, then you have uh, all all this sort of possible in-house solutions for data cleansing and and uh, anonymization built in-house and then, then you have this uh, new generation of data ops platforms such as synthesized. Um, something similar to DevOps, I guess, like at some point we didn't have good uh, deployment uh, tools such as Kubernetes and like people would write scripts to deploy software, but at some point they, they got something, some abstractions 
and uh, similar similar story is happening in data world that people trying to build own kubernetes in a way mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah. that that's obviously hard and and that's not necessarily the the, the right way to go yeah but yeah. for sure in every single cloud provider you have uh, a big amount of kind of services which everyone is using if you're using google cloud you you know what to do with the google cloud you know what to do with aws you know what to do with azure and they are trying you know to give you all the possible ways so you you can build uh the solution on top of the all the services they've got but at the same time once you think about some you know um very important data that you don't want to share with the cloud provider by some reason uh we know such companies and uh, uh you have to deal with your own bicycle <laughs> so that th that's that's <laughs> here we come right uh, anyway we have to have this solution kind of data ops platform and that's why airbnb uh, uber and others started like i guess maybe five years ago they started to build such platforms and on medium everyone can find the uh, articles around how airbnb started building that solution what they've got right now what kind of um uh, data catalog they built, what kind of uh, data monitoring uh, tool uh, they developed as well. Uh, some of those available uh, in open source, but some of those not. So you cannot just, you know, copy paste what they've got and just, you know, leave as Airbnb, for example. And yeah, that's, that's really kind of pain, uh, which currently some mid-sized companies have. And we know that everyone started started to uh to touch the data more and more um and yeah they they have to solve that problem <laughs> yep. yeah it's not a surprise that uh big data mon monopolists uh like companies that own like most of the data in the world they already have some solutions right but um as you said yeah mid-sized companies and actually quite big companies they they also need good replacement for all this as you said, bicycles and in-house solutions. Yeah. They, they, they need good out-of-the-box uh, yeah, systems. Yep. Yeah, and as I said, it's like six or five years ago, they started to build all that solutions. And for me, it's it means it was like, you know, it's like yesterday. <laughs> it's not like something they were building like 10 years or 15 years or something like that. Uh, and here we come with the comparison to DevOps. Like DevOps, uh, we know, started like more than a decade ago, as Baruch said. And uh, it means that we are kind of at least in the middle if we compare, you know, <laughs> uh, just uh, linearly kind of face-to-face uh, DevOps and uh, data ops so there is like and, gap roughly right yeah 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 exactly and uh, meaning that if you if you're just studying your career uh and thinking about when do you want where do you want to switch or uh which kind of fancy stuff you want to build you might want to think about data ops or something uh, related to data so yeah <laughs> You can think about us at least. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Dennis, what do you think about maybe Baruch? You 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 have some thoughts around that. Um, when will we have enough uh, data of solutions in in the open source or in in some I don't know maybe not open source but uh, somehow we would you know when we ask what kind of tool should we use, we will have some choice. <laughs> uh, I, I believe it's a near future. Um, so building uh, of building of data, like data plat platforms became a top one priority of all uh, like large enterprise companies. So if you talk to like any top, top uh, tier one bank and ask them what they up to, they would say that they're building data platform. They they all all trying to to solve that problem. Yeah, because if mm -hmm. you look back, like what was happening last 10, 15 years is that uh, people were using relational databases. Um, then they had quite many databases and they had need to put all data in one place. People came up uh, with uh, data warehouses 
um, then uh, amount of data uh, was increasing and uh, we started to use ML and we started to, to put our data not into data warehouses, but even into like bigger things such as data lakes. And so amount of data we process was growing and it's not surprised that at some point the amount became uh, kind of crucial. So we need to think how we manage all of that. So it's like, it's became pro like big uh, problem and priority for most of big companies nowadays. So, so companies facing this right now, it means companies investing also right now and in near future we will we will get good solutions yeah but, and uh, but, but my question is it sounds to me very inefficient for every company to come up with the solution to a shared problem right Absolutely. i mean it's from what you described the problems are the same or very very similar for most of the companies that do that and uh, just building in for the sake of building or the non-invented here syndrome is sounds to me like the like a waste of talent money and 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 time missing the opportunity for time to market and what's not uh, uh, getting back to our examples from the devops world I mean, Kubernetes exists for exactly that reason. It's standard de facto that everybody, companies big and small, kind of settled on and, and it's now perceived this is what you should do instead of coming up with your own container um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, orchestration engine. Why that's not the case in the data ops world? Uh, well, I, I think it's just not yet happened. Uh, this problem for me, like pretty obvious, there is like big lack of open standards. And yeah, you're right. It's quite weird that all companies trying to build it in-house and uh, there, there is so much of repetitive work. Um, and if there were some open source projects and open protocols, uh, that would be much easier. Uh, it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, and actually, we are thinking about like go going into this open source world as, as well. It's synthesized. And we, we do have some plans about like uh, leading some standards and uh, actually, yeah, moving uh, and going into that direction. Yeah, yep. and, and on top of that, I think uh, you previously mentioned, Dennis, that uh, companies were building uh, data lakes and stuff like that and uh, here we come to this uh, transformation which is happening nowadays uh, I think everyone kind of is familiar with some articles around data mesh or at least they you've yeah. seen uh, some videos on YouTube uh, with some presentations around that and um, Dennis correct me if I'm wrong does it mean that you have to change the um, team inside the even inside the company you have to change something the hierarchy or the organization process even to apply this even you know if you have some data or solution to apply that you just don't you 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 cannot just install that and it will make it everything work right you have yeah. to change the structure how how you do the process how you develop how you um rule the data kind of and here we come to this data mesh uh, world, uh, right? Yeah, so it's a very interesting question. Uh, I guess it's very similar to DevOps. As, as Baruch said, DevOps is not just set of like tools. It's also like approach and philosophy and methodology. Like the same applies to data ops. It's not just a set of tools. It also kind of mindset shift. So instead of silent organization, you, you need to create cross-functional T-shaped teams. Practically, it means that you would have data engineers as a like new team member, right? So nowadays we've got like full stack engineers and people even like looking after deployments, like sitting in, in, in uh, one team. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in the near future, we'll have a data engineer. Or um, even at some point, uh, the same principle as, as we see in DevOps, you build, you ship it might uh, might be real for data ops so engineers would become uh, data engineers so they would use tools and they would do data engineering work 
I, I think um, this is like one of, uh, yeah, organizational changes that is that, that that's needed. Okay, yeah, I've seen um, also in the article I've read. Uh, I mean, uh, in time ago, uh, there it was saying like organization will split uh, even teams into some domains. Mm -hmm. Actually, it happens uh, even right now with some microservices. Uh, if you're developing, you you kind of create team for each microservice. Yeah. You have separate teams, and here we are with this data. Like you can split the data by different domains, and based on that, decide uh, what should they do. Like, and it it could be not like you know create one microservice or one data pipeline. It could be creating several ones, but for just one particular domain which you define for that team, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like analogy is very clear. The data meshes basically attempt to apply uh, principle of, of microservices to data platforms, like, okay. like the data mm -hmm. platform uh, microservice based kind of. That makes sense. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that we are quite clear with this uh, hope Hope our audience are, right now are on the same page with us. <laughs> <laughs> At least we were trying. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I will repeat once again that with DataOps, we are kind of in the middle or in the early beginning how uh, how to do that. And we, we know that we don't have enough tools to do that properly. And even now, <laughs> properly is something which not everyone <laughs> knows what it is. Yep. Uh, and here we are. Here we come with, uh, you know, with some opportunities for for you guys to join different teams or even us uh, to build such tools. Absolutely. So I I learned a lot today. So thank you very much. That was like very um, enlightening for me personally to learn about um, uh, data ops, what it is, and how it should be done properly. Um, synthesized looks like one of the important tools that make that can make this transformation um, easier right as with devops it's still the transformation is still all here in the in the heads of people it's about culture it's about people it's about team topologies more than tools but tools are important and looks like synthesize is definitely one of the tools that uh, people need to look um uh, when they try to come up with the right solutions for the pipeline. Also, I learned today that you are hiring, so that's great as well. Um, hopefully, it will help some people land in an amazing place, which is uh, on the, um, uh, the top of the, uh, the spearhead, this transformation. So this is also um, uh, good to know. Um, and thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thank you, Barak, for summarizing all the stuff around that. And mm -hmm. thanks for uh, giving us some bits about DevOps, about some history, what's happened there and how it was applied. Uh, because you've seen it, actually, you've done all that stuff by yourself. And it, uh, it, uh, it's a great pleasure to have you here in our podcast. And thanks a lot, Dennis, uh, that you have got time. I know it's it's quite a busy time and tough time mm -hmm. for you right now. And yeah, I really enjoyed that time with you folks. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Yep. Thank and you see guys. you next time then. <laughs> thank you and bye-bye. Bye-bye. See ya. Awesome.